On the next day, which followed the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered together to Pilate and said, Say, we remember while he was still alive, how that deceiver said, After three days I will arise. Therefore command that the tomb be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away, and say to the people, He has risen from the dead. So the last deception will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a God. Go your way. Make it as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure, sealing the stone, sealing with the stone, and setting the guard. We may take our seats. So, this is a the scripture that as I was praying and preparing on the message, his resurrection, my restoration, it became very heavy. And I, I was like, but why is this thing heavy? Because it's not talking about the resurrection, but it's talking about the speculations and the conspiracies. But God highlighted a few things that are critical here. The first thing is that uh, Jesus was crucified on the day before Sabbath. So it was a day where they were busy preparing for the Sabbath, and which means it was on a Friday. That's when he was crucified. And, 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 and the next day is a day which is called the Sabbath day where the Jewish people or the Hebrews were not allowed to meet with anyone who was a Gentile. They were not allowed to engage in any business activities. They were not allowed to do anything because there was a day that they would defend, they would kill anyone who violates that day. But what we see here is that these guys, on the very sacred day, on the day that they've been harassing Jesus, that why are you saving people on Sabbath? Why are you, why are you doing good works on Sabbath? These guys are breaking the very same Sabbath law. <laughs> because they were worshipping the Sabbath. They were not honoring it, but they were worshipping it. And we see on this day that when, when Jesus died, the first thing that happened, that we see in the scripture is that, he, he, he messed up the worship of Sabbath. He messed up the ritualism that was around the Sabbath. Because God created rest for people to enjoy Him. But people thought they were created for rest. They, honored, they, they did not just honor what God had created. They worshipped it. It was no longer about God, but it was more about the day. Like even in our days, we have people who are so obsessed about the day. If you say, I take my Sabbath on a, on a Wednesday, they say, no, you can't. A Sabbath is, has to be on a Saturday. And on that day, they do all these funny rituals and think they are pleasing God, whereas they are just worshipping a day. And they are, all the other days, are, there is no God in their life. There is no presence and worship of God. It's just a day. So these guys, they come. The first thing, they break the religious impact of the Sabbath. So the ritualism that was attached to that day is broken by the very same people who are custodians of the law. These were the priests and the Pharisees. The second thing that we see on this day also, they go and meet their enemy. And for the first time, they are not calling him pagan. They are not calling him heathen. They are not calling him a Gentile, but they are calling him sir. At the death of Christ, there were relationships that were established. So in other words, 
his, his ministry or his, his message was still a threat even though they saw him declared dead. They saw him certified dead. They saw that death certificate, but they were still threatened. Because his message and his statements, even though they rejected it, but it was permeating in their hearts. It was very strong. They saw signs and wonders. They saw the evidence of the message. And, and as I paused, I then discovered that our redemption process is full of struggles. If you remember the children of Israel when they, when they, were, ex, when, when they were exiting Egypt, the Bible says the Egyptians decided to say, look, how do we let these people go? Let's pursue them. They went on a pursuit because they, they, even though they, they heard that God was setting them free, even though they saw their firstborns dying, their, 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 their livestock dying, but they still wanted to pursue. Because every time God is about to redeem us or when God is, is busy rescuing us from something, it's not just an easy thing. There is a strain. There is a struggle. In your life, as God is taking you from one level to the next, that is why you will always encounter a struggle because there is a battle around our growth. There is a battle around our, 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 our redemption and our, our, and our restoration. Whatever God wants to do in our lives, there is always going to be an element that is trying to pull us back. Have you ever seen every time when you've got bad habits and you have, you have come to a stage where you feel like, I've just mastered a breakthrough. I have just learned how to stop doing these bad things. And you feel like, Ish, it's going to be very hard. You see it, everything thrown around you. Who has, ever, who has ever had the privilege of being a smokeaholic? Okay, is there something like that? <laughs> oh, a serious smoker, no a, 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 a chronic smoker. Somebody who is so addicted to smoking. And when you decide one day, I'm, st- I'm quitting smoking, that day, there is someone who is just giving you uh, a 50, uh, another one is giving you a 30, another one is saying, hey, can I buy you some secrets? Another one says, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm smoking this new thing. Do you want to experiment it? It will just be everywhere. Eh? <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere. Coming, coming to you at a very cheap and a very reasonable price. Sometimes at a no cost. Why is it coming? It's because there is a battle. There is always around making sure that you don't go where God wants you to go. So the, the, the third thing that I picked up is that the words of Jesus did not give them rest. Even though they did not like him, even though they rejected him, but they were still tormented by his words. What he said in Matthew chapter 12 when he said, uh, as, as Jonah spent three, three days and four, ni- uh, sorry, four nights in the belly uh, of the fish, so shall the Son of Man spend three days in the, in, in the heart of the soil. So to them, that was the biggest thing. Even though what he was saying was true, but because it was dealing with their security, it was dealing with what they knew, they felt this guy is offending our intelligence. That is why the Bible says the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Why is it calling it foolishness? It's not that it's shallow. It's, it's because it, it, deals, it, it, it deals with our intellectual capacity. The fact that God sent his very best to go and die for our sins. 
It doesn't make logic. Why would God, who's been violated by us, offer a sacrifice to restore us back to him? It doesn't make sense. So, it, it was justified for these guys to, to, be, to be irritated and offended by this guy. That even his death. And then they go to their enemy, they call him sir. They say, sir, let's have a chat. You are such a good sir. And then Jesus, who is, who is one of their own, they even fail to call him by name. They say, that deceiver. Let me just tell you, in your life, when God is doing something great, there will be times where people will even be scared to call your name. That is why David says, when I, when I Jehovah, you prepare a table. He doesn't say you prepare it before my friends. He doesn't say you gather all my friends and my family when you prepare a table. He says you gather all my enemies. They become friends. Eh? Like how they say in politics, a friend, a friend of my enemy is my friend. That's what happened here. People who hated each other, they, they connived and made, and made collisions and made partnerships because they felt this is the time to go and destroy this thing. Little did they know that they were dealing with something which was bigger than them. And then they say, please command the tomb to be secured. The tomb is, is a representation of, of a process of a breakthrough in obscurity. Jesus was busy working when nobody knew what he was doing. I believe with all my heart that the time when Jesus was in the grave, in the physical, he was busy going and, and, and taking back everything that was stolen from us. Reclaiming everything that was, that was stolen by hell, which did not belong in hell. I believe that he was taking away the gates of life from the hands of the enemy. He was taking away our sinful appetites away from the enemy. He was taking our will away from the enemy. He was restoring our senses back to origin. He was restoring everything that God had designed for us back to where it belongs. And these guys, they thought, this guy is just sleeping in a fresh tomb, in a brand new tomb, sleeping. Sometimes our silence, the enemy may, inter may misinterpret our silence. Sometimes that is why it's, it's very important to pause and have a seller moment in your life. Because this thing of being busy too much, it is hope. Because sometimes when we are too busy and not taking time to pause, we don't even have an opportunity to see what God is doing in our life. We miss the move of God in our lives. Sometimes we rush to see signs and wonders all the time. There are times where we don't even need to see miracles. There are times where we don't even need to see anything amazing. Where we just need to be in a silent moment. Where there is nothing happening. Where there is no vibrancy. Where there is nothing exciting us. Where our emotions are dull. Eh? Dull moments. <laughs> so Jesus was in a dull moment in the middle of the grave. And these people were busy saying, seal it. Make sure he doesn't come out. Eh? Make sure this one doesn't succeed. It's like the words that have been spoken against you. Where people have, have, have made covenants to say, this one shall not prosper. This, this one shall amount to nothing. This was the same thing they were doing. Have you ever been told by a person, let me tell you my child, you will, you will never go anywhere with this Jesus of yours. Eh? You leave the things that we, we, we raised you and breathed you with, you are not going to amount to nothing. These were the words that they were saying. They didn't know that while they were uttering words, while they were making covenants, God was busy working something greater. 
And then, because Upilat, I don't know what's, what's wrong with this guy. I think he's, he's too liberal. When they wanted to kill him, he said, look, this guy is not guilty, but okay, you can take him. Do whatever you want. He, he, he didn't stand for anything, but everything they wanted, he gave them. He said, ah, but it's wrong, but okay. They said, look, look, this guy might wake up. He might rise. We just need to guard the tomb. He said, okay, it's fine. Go ahead. You've got the cards. I believe if, 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 if they were South Africans, they would have called in the 32 battalion. They would have called in all, all, all the snipers, every form of military uh, and security personnel we have. The bouncers, uh, the security guards, everything. Uh, the, what, what, the, v, the taxi VIP protection in Kabi, everyone will be there. <laughs> everyone will be there guarding the tomb. Walking up and down, making sure. If he comes out, we will finish him there. <laughs> so, they didn't know. They just wanted to keep Jesus dead. What, what makes the devil so mad is that Jesus is alive. His attempt of keeping him dead. I believe there was a celebration in hell. They were celebrating, yes, he is dead. We can now be free. This man has been tormenting us. Little did they know that this man was on their case big time. It, it's like, uh, I'm not sure if you have seen these uh, movies. I'm not sure whether it was a movie or something, but while we were young, there was a guy called Scansonzo. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to say that in English because even, I'm not even sure which language it is. Huh? What? Huh? Okay. Whatever Langa said. But I mean, I only know Scantons. <laughs> That's all I know. So, whenever things are hectic, the arrival of the mighty one will make everyone open way. So these guys were busy saying, let's make sure it doesn't come out. But he was busy making way. And then, in the middle of that, that day goes by, and then they keep guard of the tomb. And then the problem started in chapter 28 of the same book of Matthew. And verses 1 to 8. That's where the problem started. While the armed guards were there, with all the, their machinery and all their weapons, with all their gear, hey, my had, 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 had protection, everything, um, bulletproof vest, everything you may think of. I believe some others were, were, were marching around making sure that they don't fall asleep because they don't even want to miss even a single thing. But the Bible says, now after the Sabbath, at the first day of the week, began to dawn. Mary Magdalene and other Mary came to see the tomb. I also don't understand why there are so many Marys here. <laughs> Too many Marys. Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mary Magdalene, another Mary and another Mary. Hey, too many Marys, but it's fine. And then, behold, they came. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door. That other moment also made me discover that when God is about to rescue you, 
from, from the platform where the enemy is thinking, I have locked everything. He doesn't do it quietly. He doesn't do it quietly. He, I, I believe there was a drum roll. Let's do it. And then the Bible says there was an earthquake. So he wanted to make sure that the guards are aware that now I am taking over. <laughs> he wanted to make sure that the guards would go back and report something that they saw with their naked eyes. He didn't do like uh, how he did when, he, when, when Peter and the disciples were arrested, when he was rescuing Peter. The angels just came and unlocked the gates and then they left. But, but this time around there was an earthquake. Because God wanted to make sure that there is a statement made. That is why in your life, some of us, you are going through some turmoil right now. Let me tell you, God is doing an earthquake. He is drawing the attention to you because he's about to do a great thing. You feel like things are falling apart. Relax, my dear. They are not going anywhere. God is preparing a big announcement. You feel like business is not going well. Relax. God is preparing a big announcement. You feel like relationships at home are not going well. Relax. God is preparing a big announcement. You feel like studies are misbehaving. DP is not loading. Relax. Relax. He is preparing a great announcement. He is preparing a great announcement. Hmm? Great announcement is being prepared. And it says, For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven, and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. That was also amazing. The angel did not just roll the stone and ran away. It rolled the stone and sat on it. Evidence. Proof. So, no, no. There must be, there must be, there must be an exhibit. Exhibit one is there. <laughs> exhibit one is there, sitting on the stone. Rolled it sit on it sometimes in our lives we, 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 we don't want to have that evidence of who did this miracle let me tell you make sure that whenever God does something you don't hide you don't, you don't rush away from his presence let people see that it is the hand of God sometimes we fail to tell people what God has done because we are so quick to take credits to ourselves the angel was there just for one purpose, to bring back the honor and the glory where it belongs. That this is the work of God. It's not the disciples. Just imagine if the angel had just rolled the stone and went away, and the disciples came and said, Hey, these guys are very strong, eh? They rolled out this stone. So the angel was very strategic. Sit there. And, 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 and the Bible says, his countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And, and, and these guards, the trusted ones, the best of the best, the commanders and the chief commanders, the CICs of, 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 of that time. And the Bible says, and the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. They, they did not die, they did not faint, they did not fall asleep. Their shock caused them to behave like dead men. Have you ever seen a person who, or have you ever been in a scene where there is a shooting? I remember in 1990, I was in a, I was in a, I was in a wrong place. 
<laughs> I was in the wrong place at the wrong time as a young boy and the police started shooting. I remember they were still building the wall of King's Olympian Stadium. I knelt there for, more, for about four hours, just kneeling there. <laughs> because every time I tried to, to go up, I would go, go, go. So I pretended to be dead for four hours for my survival. So when I read this, that memory came back that, yeah, I understand what these guys were going through. When you are in the middle of a war zone, you can just throw yourself on the blood and turn around and act as if you are. I'm also finished. So these guys, they were awake. They were alive. But the shock and the reality of what they saw made them freeze as dead people. They entered. They, 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 they moved from being soldiers to be actors. They created a theater that they just entered. I wonder if they were breathing. That is what God does. He shocks the devil and the demons. That is, that is why other people are asking, why don't we even hear screams and shouts of demons? It's because they are, shock, they are shocked to death. They, there, is, there is no room for them to scream. There is no room for them to scream. What God is doing is so shocking to them. That, wow, this one says, there is no room for screaming. And then, and then we hear the angel responding to them. It says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and indeed he is going, to be, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him, and behold, I have to, as I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. And ran to bring his disciples the word. So what we see here is that the soldiers, when, when they heard the news or when they saw what was happening, they froze. They, they were shocked and pretended to be dead. But when those who, were, who, were, who believed in Jesus, when they had the same report, they were filled with fear and shock and joy, but they were able to run. So what God is doing in our lives will shock the world, will make the world to freeze and pause as dead. But as much as it will be shocking us, but it will cause us to run forward. It will cause us to pursue more of God. Amen. But that's not where I'm going. That was just an introduction to where I'm going. <laughs> this, this was just preparing the ground to understand what God was doing. But the real thing that was happening is in Colossians chapter 2. And I want us to read there word by word. Because that's where the biggest mission and the biggest battle was. And it says, and you've been dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of your flesh. He has made alive, he has made you alive together with him. Having forgiven you all trespasses 
and having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it on the cross, having disarmed the principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. So the biggest thing that was happening here is that we see that God was taking a process which was foretold from the Garden of Eden. But he was taking us back to the position much better than the Garden of Eden. But one of the things that he had to go for was that because our, our, our soul was so expensive, our price, our worth was so high, he wouldn't have just do it silently. There had to be a dramatic entrance. There had to be a dramatic manifestation of what God was doing. And the first thing that he did is that he made us alive together with him. Which means our lives and our purpose and our journey was transformed from the time he rose from the dead. Because we are no longer living according to our own flesh and according to our own standard and according to our own ideologies. But we are informed by the finished work. Not of the cross, of resurrection. Because the whole purpose was not just the cross. was that when the price is paid on the cross, at the end, he will come up. And when he's coming from resurrection, will rise with him will be able to partake in the newness of life and start living our lives knowing that we are forgiven. Living our lives knowing that our trespasses are dealt with. Knowing that our sicknesses are dealt with. Knowing that our poverty is dealt with. Knowing that our struggles are dealt with. Knowing that our stereotypes are dealt with. Knowing that our frustrations are dealt with. Knowing that our hatred is dealt with knowing that our inadequacies are dealt with, everything that there is a minus in our lives has been dealt with. And again, he says, he wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us. In other words, we are no longer living our lives to prove a point to anyone, but we are living our lives to rejoice in the finished work. I am, I, I am not following Christ to prove a point to anyone. I am following Christ because he loved me first. I am following Christ because he has made me who I am. I don't have to prove a point to anyone. I don't have to go around impressing people. I don't, I don't have to go around faking to be something I am not. He was removing all the requirements of fakeism. All the requirements that make us to, to even have different sounds that will make us Christian. I'm not sure. Do you know how Christians sound? Eh? Do you know the Christian sound? When you greet people, oh, beloved, oh, beloved, hallelujah, saints, as I stand before you, saints. If, 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 if it's a guy from the Eastern Cape, it's even worse. <laughs> if it's a guy from the Eastern Cape, it's even worse. Beloved! <laughs> God! 
wiped out even the Eastern Cape requirements. Eastern Cape people, you are free. You are free. You are free. No, Sam, he didn't leave you out. He even, he even removed the Nigerian requirements. My God is a very big, 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 big God. Oh. He removed them. He removed even the Zulu requirements. Oh, God. No. He removed them. He removed all of them. He removed that requirement to prove ourselves. That is why we don't even waste our time trying to find robes that will make us look good because his goodness is our goodness his perfection has become ours we don't have to prove any point to anyone we don't have to go around bowing to everyone if you greet people who like because you are trying to be religious and holy no holiness is not in appearance it's in the heart and then it springs out from within it doesn't start from outside I remember uh, one of my brothers, uh, he, he, he loves his booze a lot. Uh, he loves his alcohol a lot. He doesn't just drink alcohol. He, he drinks it passionately. Uh, thank you. He said something. Uh, Uti, when I drink, he said it in his zoo. Umang pooza. Oti, umang puza, gi puza So, which means, if I drink, I drink diligently, with all diligence and passion. He says, if you want me to drink, don't give me six pack. Because I drink passionately. So, with this brother of mine drinking passionately, so... At my father's funeral, then, uh, the priest was serving Holy Communion. Eh? And then, I happened to have my eyes on my very passionate drinking brother going to the priest. He was so religious. He, he was like, uh, like what? <laughs> you are a serial passionist. <laughs> you are passionate even about religion. He doesn't believe in the Bible, but he was so passionate. And, and I, I, I bet you, if, if they would ask for someone to close in prayer, they would ask for him. <laughs> he had all the appearance and all the... And, uh, if, if, in, if in the way of doing it, all the honor and the statue was there. So, God dealt with that. All those requirements. We don't have to go around impressing people. Be yourself in Christ. Be yourself in Christ. Amen. Uh, Serve God. Don't even try to be something you're not. Amen. And then he moved on. The requirements that were against us. Some of these requirements, it were rituals that were trying to cleanse us. That is why we, 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 we no longer rely on sangomas. We no longer rely on, 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 on fortune tellers. We no longer rely even on going to altars that are wrong and slaughter stuff. We don't, we don't rely on those things because Christ gave the best prize. He removed those requirements. That if you are the firstborn, you, you must take over uh, and be the one who goes uh, to, the, to the altar of the family and, 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 and speak and invite the ancestors. No, we are, we are delivered from that. 
By the way, I always tell people, unfortunately, my, my ancestors are resting. My great-grandfathers and my great-grandmothers, they are resting because the requirement for me to service them was removed. They are resting in peace. And those who want to, be, to have cows and things, Lord, they, they, they went on the wrong train. I don't know where they are. I have no trace of them. They went on the wrong train. But those, my, my parents, they are resting. They, are not, they don't have any time of asking for cows because the requirement was removed on the cross. I am, not, I am not justified by how much I slaughter. I am justified by what Christ did on the cross. I am not justified by how much I do good works. I am justified by what Jesus did on the cross. There are people who claim that, no, I'm a very religious person. I give to the poor. Giving to the poor is not the primary thing. The primary thing is allowing the finished work to work in your life. The removing of guilt. Don't walk around guilty. Can I, can I speak to, to my white people, my white friends? Guys, don't walk around in South Africa feeling guilty. That because I'm white, I will be labeled as a beneficiary of apartheid. Don't walk around feeling guilty. Christ did everything for you. Don't walk around feeling guilty. Oh. When you hear people talking about, we want our land, relax. You relax. That subject is for another platform. Don't walk around feeling guilty. If people see me, they will want to learn from me. No, Christ has removed the requirements. Yes, we do want to learn, but not from you. <laughs> we'll, we'll tell you who we want it from. We do want to learn, but relax. <laughs> and when it's time to talk about that, we'll talk about it. But relax. Don't, don't, no, seriously. I have, seen, I have seen people, they, 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 are, they are not free to, whenever they see a black person begging, they think, if I don't give this person, then, hey, the privilege. No, 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 no. The requirements, removed. Removed. Let, let's not go around being arrested. Removed. Whatever that we do, we are not doing it out of guilt. We do it out of love. If you want to do it, do it, but not out of guilt. That is why I always say, the reason I don't like DEE and all these other policies that are there, they don't speak to the heart. They are too legalistic. If we talk about restitution, it must come from within. I must give back because I feel God saying it's a good thing to do, not because it's a requirement of the law. We are free from the law. But we subject ourselves to the law of the country, obviously. <laughs> but... But we must lead the law of the country. Yeah. We must, we, must, we must be able to do PE without being required by the law. Because we feel it's a good thing to do it. We are doing it because we are empowering someone, not because we are getting scores. It's good if we get scores, but our heart should not be on scores, should be on empowerment. I don't know how I got there, but let me move on. <laughs> so... In part of making a public spectacle, he said, in other words, I am now redeeming you to the right platform, to where you belong. I am now restoring you to what I have wanted you to become. And, and if you read Romans chapter 5, verse 17 and, and, and to 19, it says, For by one man's offense, we lost everything in the Garden of Eden. Adam was the only one person who went out and messed up. We lost everything because of Adam. Not because of Eve. Let me just protect women for it. 
for one. By the way, Eve did nothing wrong. Because, yeah, Eve did nothing wrong. Look, read the scriptures. Eve did nothing wrong. The only thing Eve did was that she didn't wait. She just experimented before waiting. That was a problem. Impatience. That's why even now God is delivering our ladies from impatience. <laughs> no, I'm safe. Uh, my wife is very patient these days. She, she's clapping for me, so I'm safe. <laughs> but, but, but the problem with Eve, she couldn't wait. But the guy, bear in mind, when Eve ate, there was nothing that happened. Because Eve was not the initial receiver of the direction. But when the guy, who is supposed to be corrective and all restorative, became a blame shifter. Guys, stop creating scapegoats. Stop adopting goats. Stop creating goats for escape. This guy... Yeah, I think goats for escape, they are called scapegoats. Eh? <laughs> so, this guy, he had everything from God. All the directive from God, he, he got it. He, he even walked with God as a friend. He listened to everything that God was saying. But because of his uncontrolled indulgence and appetite, he is now blaming Eve. Eve did nothing. Eve was thinking maybe this is part of being creative. Huh? No. Decoration. You, you, can, you can see how people were. You can see, you see Admire today. You see that there was a hand of Eve. <laughs> you can see, no, no, there is Claire there. There is a hand of Claire. You see, navy uh, and everything is, is fully matched and stuff like that. But let me, let me come back. So, by the offense of Adam, so it's Adam who committed sin. It's Adam who violated the principles of the word. But death reigned through, through, through the sin of one man. And then that is why when God is restoring us, He's bringing again one man. And this time around, when He brings this man, He is correcting everything that Adam did wrong. The first thing that Jesus did, which is restoring to our generation, He held His relationship with God at a very high esteem. He, he esteemed it very highly. He respected and honored His relationship with God. He walked with God. He trusted God fully. No matter how much pain he had, he trusted God. We reign through Christ. We reign in righteousness because Christ subdued the issues that destroyed Adam. Adam was destroyed by willing to be independent from God. Jesus says, whatever that fa the Father says, I do. I am not independent from the Father. Me and the Father are one. The problem with Adam, he wanted independence from the Father. He wanted to try something that will make him wiser and smarter than the father. He wanted something that will make him unique and different from the father. His rebellion was not saying, you don't exist. But was saying, I want to do it my own way. I want to try it my own way. The biggest fall that Jesus rescued us from is to say, stop trying to do it your own way. Trust the father. He says, 
Therefore, as though one man's offense judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's graciousness and act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. But so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. So, part of the package was that what we are restored into, we are restored into the righteousness of God. We, we no longer subject, we are no longer living in the consequence of the disobedience of Adam. We are living in the consequence of the righteousness of Jesus. Yeah, there are consequences, again. But again, as I close, we are also redeemed. If you read the book of Ruth chapter 4, I think you know the story of Naomi uh, and her husband who left Israel because there was a famine. They went to the land of Moab. When they got to the land of Moab, the Bible says they, 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 they had two sons and their sons got married to the, people, to the girls of Moab. And when, 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 when Naomi's husband died and her sons died, she could see, hey, I'm very old. She said to the ladies, ladies, I'm very old. And I can't bear you sons uh, that will become your husbands. Even if I do, I don't even think you will wait for them. Yeah, just imagine uh, waiting for, for an old lady to get a husband uh, who will then uh, conceive. And then while she's conceiving, you must pray that she gets twins. But again, uh, because if, if it's not twins, then you're in trouble. Shuti, they will have a, a husband for the first one, and she must also conceive again. And then another nine months, and look how Colonna age is going. And every time she's, she's not feeling well, just imagine the Makotis will come to Kok and say, hey, can we rush you to the clinic? Because they're thinking, hey, my husband might be there. <laughs> and even if those people are born, just imagine a, a 45-year-old uh, waiting for a, 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 new, a new born to become a husband. Impossible. Even Bentons are not that young. <laughs> so what happened is she decided, look, I'm going back to where I come from. And if you read the chapter, the ch- that fourth chapter, she says something very powerful. She says, I want to go back to the land of Israel because God has visited them. So part of the restoration, they ran away because there was famine, but they went back because God was restoring the riches of Israel. When they got back there, they, the story, I think you know the story, they sat there and then they, they were still struggling because they were poor. But they were looking for the kinsmen. They were looking for a person who is a lineage of the family who will redeem them. Because in that tradition, if, if, you had, if, if I had any inheritance in my name and I die, for my wife to be able to enjoy the benefits, someone who is in the lineage should marry her and buy back whatever that, 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 that I own and bring it back to her through marriage. So for Naomi, she was very old. She couldn't find anyone at that age, who would marry her? And then again, she said to these ladies, please go back to your gods. Go back to your families. I will go back to my God. And then this one lady, Ruth, said, look, your God shall be my God. I will go wherever you go. Wherever you die, I will die. This is a symbol of what Jesus did on the cross. Jesus was actually saying, I want you to benefit from my righteousness, but I give you a choice. You can choose to follow your gods or you can choose to follow what I'm giving you. 
And Naomi becomes a symbol of a convert. A person who is saying, look, I, I do not know where you're going. I do not understand your, your own country, but I will just want to follow you. And then when Naomi followed, when Ruth followed, she came into that land and then there was a guy by the name of Boaz. She started going there to look for food. And everybody was asking, who is this beautiful, different woman? When she outlined who she was, then Boaz said to her, stick to these boys who are helping here. Uh, they will take care of you. When she got back, Naomi said, look, don't stick to these boys. Stick with the ladies. <laughs> stick with the ladies so that you will be able to do the mission. And then when she stick with the ladies, the Bible was very clear. It says, then God said to, to her, to Naomi, now go and tell Boaz your story. Go into Boaz's house. Go and sleep at the feet of Boaz. So that when he wakes up, you will be the first person that he sees. And then tell him the story. Then this lady tells the, the story. That look, my mother-in-law is an Israelite. But she went to the land of Moab. This is what she had acquired and stuff like that. We are looking for a person who will redeem us. So what is redemption? Redemption is to buy back. Is to release from, 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 from debt. We want somebody who will release us from debt. We want somebody who will bring back what belonged to us. Something that we lost in the process. And then this guy responds. He says, look, I am not the qualifying one. I am not the first in the lineage. I will speak to the one who is relevant. The Bible says he went and looked for the person who was the first in the lineage. The guy said to her, hey, you know Naomi is back. We need somebody who will redeem her wealth. The guy said, look, I will go for it. He said, but the condition, you must marry Ruth. He said, no. Uh, I don't want it. Take it. This guy represents the law. Represents the requirements and the attempts of the law. Where the sacrifice was made every time. It could not cleanse to the fullest. It could not redeem to the fullest. Even though it was available, but it was available temporarily. It was available for one portion. It couldn't redeem to the fullest. Completely. But Boaz said, look, I'll do it. And then Boaz did it. When he did it, what happened? Every honor that Naomi had was restored back to her. Even more of it. And that's what Jesus did on the cross. That is why in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 he says, Seek ye first the kingdom and all his righteousness. All these things shall be added. Jesus was actually saying, On the cross, in the grave, and in resurrection, what I did was that I brought back all these things. But I have one key to them. Seek the kingdom. His resurrection, my restoration depends on seeking the kingdom. Everything we want is in the kingdom. Everything we desire is in the kingdom. Sure. So restoration is an action of, of returning something to a former owner. God is saying peace belongs to you. I return peace to you. You can't live a stressful life. Live a peaceful life. Health is your portion. But alone, it's not fashionable to be people who rely on going to hospitals every day. There's nothing wrong with hospitals, but we can't just live our lives relying on medicine. We must rely on the healing that is found in the perfect God. Yes, there are very forms of there are different forms of healings. But let's examine all of them. Let's not just rely on one model of healings, which is a medical. Uh, dispensation and whatever you call it. Was it dispensation or dispenser? Whatever that is. But again, 
The question that I want us to, to pause and close with, what is God restoring in our nation right now? What is God restoring amongst us? In Joel chapter 2, I will not read it. God is saying, I will restore to you the years that were stolen by the locusts. Some of these years that were stolen by the locusts were the years of peace. We are in South Africa, that is, that is, that is fake peace. In 2010, we were thanking God that we are united. We are, we are united. We are happy together. But the truth is we are not happy together. We are a nation that is segregated. And God is saying, I want to use my church to restore that unity of the nation. Genuine unity. Not Fanagalo unity. Genuine unity. But also the second thing that we see that God is restoring. He's saying you will be able to live in plenty. I feel God is restoring plenty in our nation. Our nation is graded to be a junk status, but God is saying a junk status is a term, but my people who are called by my name shall not lack any beneficial thing. He says, young lions suffer hunger and lack food, but those who trust in me shall not lack. God is saying, lack shall not know us. He is restoring abundance in our house. He is restoring abundance in our families. He is restoring abundance in our individual lives. He is restoring abundance in our businesses. He is restoring abundance in our institutions of higher learning. He is restoring abundance in our journey. And again, God is saying, my people shall not be put to shame ever again. God is restoring dignity. He's saying through the church, through the believers, you will be the custodians of dignity in our nation. Everyone is shaming everyone. Everyone is attacking everyone. Everyone wants to point fingers to everyone. But the church should lead in restoring human dignity. The church should lead in breaking color divisions and racial tensions. That is why we should be able to live together, worship together, smile together, let our children play together, let them fight together, and learn to understand each other as we do. Shall we rise as we pray? He is our peace. He has made us one. And He has destroyed the barrier and the dividing wall of hostility. This morning... I believe as we close, the biggest mission, the biggest call that God is calling us as we celebrate the resurrection of Christ is that are we maintaining and sustaining the broken wall of division that Christ brought down? He broke that wall. Are we still harboring hatred in our hearts? Are we still harboring stereotypes that makes us feel good? Let me speak to our duckies. As black people in the house, are we still feeling self-righteous? Believing that we are victims, even when God has delivered us. Looking at other races to blame them for our failure and our, and our struggle to succeed. Are we able to see God restoring us and creating harmony? Yes, there are things that were wrong that need to be justified and rectified. But can we allow God to work in our lives and deal with our anger and deal with our appetites? Can we deal with those things with all courtesy and all kindness and gentleness? Are we aware that if we walk around being self-righteous, claiming to be victims, we miss the opportunity of God to restore us and give us healing because we'll become bitter people. We'll become people who are filled with resentment. In our workplaces, in our offices, I know that it's easy for us to come together with other races and worship in one, in one place, but when we go back to work, we go back to our stereotypes. Can we break that? Black, Indian, colored, whatever color you are, let's break it and let's become what Christ has called us to be. He was not risen from the dead for us just to clap hands, but he was risen from the dead that we may live in the fullness of life.
We are not colorblind. We still do see color. But color does not matter. We see human beings that are created by God. We see them white, we see them black, we see them Indian, we see them colored, but they are all human beings before their their culture and their color. And that's how we want to celebrate the resurrection of Christ. As a people who, who are not bound by our racial and our political ideology, we are bound by the love of Christ. We love Christ more than we love other things. Christ is the source of our life. Other things may follow. And I just want us this morning to come before him. And say, Father, we thank you for the finished work. But help us to be good stewards of your finished work. Help us not to be contaminated by the spirit of the season. By the spirit of the time. Look, we speak politics. I love politics. I love controversy. But the truth of the matter is, no matter how much I love controversy, my controversy must be grounded and bound by what Christ says. It cannot be contrary to his word. Whether you are in politics, but you can never be contrary to his word. What is happening in our country, we see people who are believers, including myself, we want to take sides. Can we take the side of God? What is God saying in our season? What is God saying in our time? What is God saying in in our families, in our businesses? And I just want us to pray this morning. To say, Father, we receive what you did on the cross. Help us. I want us to repent from, from, from our shallow thinking. Sometimes we think that we can do it in our own might, and we miss the point that Christ did it. He knew that we live in a day and age where there, there are effects of colonialism, there are effects of apartheid, there are effects of, of all things and all hatreds. There are xenophobias and everything. He knew all those things, but he wants us to be people who live above those things. Amen. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, that we are your people. We are your children. We are called by you, Lord, for your purposes. And Lord, we just want to repent, Father God, for for ignoring the great work that we have done. Lord, we just want to, to humble ourselves and agree that, Father, most of the time we miss the mark. Most of the time we feel justified to do things and to understand things the way we do. But Lord, this morning we just want to come before you and say, Father, may you help us, Lord God, to celebrate the life that we have given. May we allow, may you help us, Lord God, to understand what it means for you to be our peace. What it means for you to break the wall of division, the wall of hostility that was separating us. May you help us, Lord God, to understand what it means, Lord God, to live with other people in reconciliation and in peace. May you help us, Father God, to understand what it means, Lord God, to walk and live our lives triumphantly and in victory, Lord God. Not being guided by the spirit of the age, but, Father, being guided by your word, being guided by your heart, being guided by your love. We pray, Father. We pray that, Father, may you you work in our hearts. May you work in our hearts. May you speak in our hearts. May you transform our hearts. May you transform our minds. In the name of Jesus, we pray, Lord. And Father, we just want to submit everything to your authority, Lord God. We want to submit, Lord God, our thinking under your authority, Lord God. We want to submit, Lord God, our, our motives for doing things, Lord God, under your authority, Father. The opportunities that you give us, Lord, we, want to, we, wa- we don't want to miss them, Lord God. We don't want to miss, Lord God, what you, are, what you are doing in our lives. We don't want to live lives that are not healthy. 
But Father, we want to live in abundance, understanding what you are doing in our day. And Lord, we pray that, Father, may our praise rise from clean hearts. May our praise rise from pure hearts. May our praise rise from the minds that are transformed. We pray, Lord, that even the words that we speak, may they come from the, from the heart that knows who Christ is. From the heart that understands what you did on the cross for us. And Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus. We pray. We pray that, Father, you heal every broken heart. We know that, Father, our history and our past and the things that we experience even in our workplaces, sometimes they break us, sometimes they hurt us. Sometimes our, our individual experiences, Father, they create resentment and bitterness in our hearts. And Lord, we pray right now that, Father, may you, may you release your healing in our hearts. May we forgive those that we feel they have wronged us, that we feel justified to resent, that we feel justified to hate. May you help us, Father God, to release them in our hearts. May you help us, Father, to have that forgiving heart. To know that you are the one who restores things. It is not our human nature. It is not our effort that restores. You are the one who restores things. We pray, Father, that you restore our minds to the sense of Christ. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And Lord, we just want to give you praise. In the name of Jesus.